I'm Luca Doncic and this is Locked On Mavericks Podcast. This is gonna be huge. Yeah. 360 in the contract. Never that. I just take the contact. I bring it back. I'm running on the fast break behind the back. Yeah, this that, this that, this that. Jerk with the <laughs> Welcome. You are locked on the Dallas Mavericks. This is one of your hosts, Isaac Harris. I am writer at um, Mavs.com. I am not joined by Nick today. We're kind of splitting these next two days. I'm taking uh, one conference in the NBA, and he's taking the other conference to try to uh, get a pod out to you on both days during Christmas. Today is Christmas Day, so Merry Christmas. Uh, we are um, both at celebrating with our families. I'm halfway across the country uh, in Kentucky visiting um, my family and stuff with my wife and little boy and uh, we're having a blast it's fun uh, but watching these Mavs games over the weekend uh, seeing what Luca and the crew can do and how uh, Dallas is figuring out this bench unit and everything right now but uh, hopefully you listened yesterday and um, however you listen to these podcasts some of you are might be listening uh, today on Christmas Day some of you might be uh, storing up a couple of these pods to maybe listen to as you travel back home uh, over uh, the Christmas holidays. If you are traveling, safe travels to you. Uh, Christmas is always uh, a crazy time for myself. My, my dad's birthday is on Christmas, uh, on Christmas Day, so that's always through a, a wrench into everything. And But uh, obviously, I'm... I work at a church also, and uh, my Christian faith um, and cr- Christmas is always a, a massive uh, deal uh, for my family and I to celebrate uh, the birth of Jesus and just how much that means to us. But uh, So Merry Christmas. I hope you're enjoying your day if you're listening on Christmas. If not, you might be listening on the road or something. But today, uh, I am going to kind of roll through the Eastern Conference. It's technically trade season now. Uh, you can do trades pretty much all leading up to February 14th for the most part. Um, 14th, whatever the dates. I think it's 8th. I was thinking of Valentine's Day for some reason. Um, but anyway, um, yeah, so we were thinking like, hey, everybody's talking about trade stuff. And what can we uh, – let's, let's throw out some targets, throw out some players across the league that if Dallas did – uh, decide to shake th- shake things up. And if you listen to, I think it was Mark Stein on Bill Simmons' podcast uh, about a week or so ago, a couple weeks ago, he said, hey, Dallas is looking. Dallas is searching, and they're looking. They're always looking to upgrade the roster. The Mavericks want to make the playoffs this year. That's been pretty evident. And um, who are some names? And Dallas is in this weird spot when it comes into trades because <clears throat> Nick and I will talk about uh, Dallas's trade assets in a whole pod. Uh, at some point coming up really soon. But they're in this weird spot because we're kind of teetering in this 6-9 to nine range in the West. And how long will we teeter in that? Will we stay in that spot, that range the whole season? Will we move up? Will we move down? And you kind of find these teams trying to figure themselves out of, hey, do you make the move to try to propel yourself forward? Or do you make the move to look more into the future? And... Obviously, Dallas has some expiring contracts like Wesley Matthews and DeAndre Jordan. They have younger pieces. They have 
um, kind of pieces in between. It's uh, they have just a lot of different things that they could piece together or do separately that they could look across the league and try to upgrade or they could try to uh, gain assets for the future. So I'm, I have the East today. Nick has the Western Conference tomorrow. And I have three different categories. So what I'm going to do, it's not going to be, hey, this is an exact trade of what Dallas would trade for this player or whatever it is. These are just guys that I have three groups. I have a Flyers group. And these are guys, these are kind of younger guys that I could see scenarios in which their respected teams unloads them before the trade deadline in whatever circumstance of reasoning why they would. But these are some guys that, hey, if Dallas said, hey, I want to take a shot at one of these guys in hopes of just grooming them in the future or as we go along now, maybe not be huge different makers now, but it might be kind of um, a thing you bring them in and try to revitalize their career some. Uh, but some of them are younger, so I, you'll see, you'll get where I'm coming from with some of these. Then I have a second a second group of cap help slash um, for the other team as far as uh, maybe a bigger contract or a player uh, that's pretty good, not like a crazy swing for the fences move. That's pretty good, but has money going past this season. And then the last group, I have three guys that would be a sort of big swings and uh, players that could step in and have a, a big impact on this team now. That would require a bigger package going out, but just some names to obviously watch. Some of these names we you've heard of in trade rumors and trade conversations. Some of these names you might not have heard of. These are just guys that I've targeted. There's no rumors around uh, some of these guys. These are just guys that I could see scenarios and I could see um, pathways in which or reasonings of why uh, maybe a team like Dallas would pursue something like that. I'm not saying all these game, names I would go for because there's definitely some names on this list that I would not be in favor of trading for, uh, but names that we have talked about or I've talked with some other people and uh, they commonly come up. So anyway, let's let's talk about the first group. First group is that Flyers group. Um, so somebody I'm, I'm looking out at, when I look at guys across the league, maybe guys that are 25, somewhere around that range and under that are maybe not getting the opportunity or the role is weird or something along those lines uh, to where their career maybe hasn't went as well as they thought or, uh, or the team has thought that maybe somebody like Dallas could swoop in, grab them and enter under this system in Dallas and with Luca running the show or something, they could be a, um, they could maybe take a next step forward in their career. So some, some names that I'm looking at Michael Kidd, Gilchrist in Charlotte. Now he has a broke shot and, um, that how Charlotte uh, approaches his, he's going to be a restricted free agent, uh, this coming summer. He's 25 years old. He comes off the bench right now. He averages like 18, 19 minutes a game. And he's one of those guys, former number two overall pick. And with the Anthony Davis uh, Kentucky team and all that stuff, how Char- what Charlotte does with him, I'm, I'm really intrigued with because I don't know if saying he's a bust is fair or I don't even know how to really approach that. But um, he hasn't uh, lived up to number two overall standards. I think that's safe to say. <clears throat> but will he find a new team? Will somebody try to trade for him and kind of view him like, uh, this um, three and D guy, except he can't 
hit a three, so he's technically not a three and D guy. Um, <clears throat> once again, these and not all these guys are uh, perfect fits or somebody I think what Dallas um, would be great for. But I'm not the biggest fan of MKG, um, but I could see somebody like Dallas taking a swing at him for a, a cheap price. Uh, the next one, obviously, people talk about a lot, Markel Fultz. And uh, I've been pretty open on this podcast that if we could get our hands on Fultz, I would be all about it, uh, especially if we could keep Dennis in that process. I think J. Cole mentioned both of them in a song together the other day. Uh, Dennis and Markel, uh, they've been friends back before the draft and, <clears throat> and through the whole draft process and all that stuff. Um, Markel Fultz is number one overall pick uh, just – uh, a short time ago, and he's 20 years old. Now, his contract's a little weird or a little interesting because you might view him as just a young flyer type, but he makes $9 million, uh, or he's going to make 9 then he's going to make 12 and then he's going to make 15 So um, if you're looking at it for a guy that, if he's like he is now, making $15 million, that's a problem uh, because uh, he ha- obviously is dealing with some stuff right now. <clears throat> but I've been pretty open of um, the talent that Markel Fultz has at 20 years old and the length and height and everything that he has. I would take a swing in a heartbeat. And uh, that would, I think he's definitely getting traded before the trade deadline uh, up in Philly. And um, yeah, I would be all about trying to get Markel Fultz uh, to Dallas. So he's one of those young guys. Another guy, um, <clears throat> another team that we've uh, kind of talked about when, after Dallas uh, played them a while back was Orlando. And I just put Orlando's front court. And this will be one of those things where you, know, you have Jonathan Isaac and Mo Bamba. Aaron Gordon sitting there. And let's just assume that they keep Aaron Gordon instead of uh, shopping him and taking the extreme long road with it. Can uh, or does their future consist of, especially if they want to bring back um, Nico? <laughs> Will it be safe with Nico and uh, or Vooch? Uh, let's say they uh, want to bring him back. Where does Bomba and Jonathan Isaac fit in? Uh, they're both 20 and 21 years old. Um, they're on their rookie scale contracts. Those are two guys that I would love to see Dallas go after either one of those if they go <clears throat> more of two guys that would, is, is going to take time uh, or to develop and stuff. But two guys that I would uh, that I would love for Dallas or any other team if hey try to capitalize on this um, really gluttony of of <clears throat> big men in Orlando. So Jonathan Isaac, Mo Bamba, <sighs> Terry Rozier in Boston. Everybody wants to say, see what Boston does with him. I'm sure I'm really anxious on the money he's going to get. The hype around him has died down a little bit since the playoffs last year because his role's just been weird in Boston this year, and his minutes have went down. He's came off the bench, and what does that? He's 24 years old. He's going to be a restricted free agent. Really, these last two guys on this Flyers list. Um, he's just somebody I'm monitoring. Just I'm I'm interested to see what Boston does with him if. They don't think that they're going to pay him or want to pay him this summer. Do they look to unload him? Does somebody like Phoenix or somebody jump uh, jump on him? Uh, they might, might need him more than somebody like Dallas. But I like Terry Rozier. I like him a lot. And I'm um, yes, there are some scenarios uh, if Dallas did decide to go a different route, then um, yeah. Uh, I, I like Terry Rozier a lot, and he's still, like I said, 24 years old. Uh, what's crazy is another guy that's entering restricted free agency is 22, uh, not 24, but he's about to re- be a restricted free agent, is Stanley Johnson in Detroit. Now, Nick and I did a fake trade back two years ago on the Locked On uh, 
uh, Locked On Mock Draft. This is a really cool thing that we do every uh, summer uh, through the Locked On Podcast Network, and we all take kind of ownership of our teams and make these draft day trades and uh, talk about it, all this different stuff. And we made this trade two years ago in which we uh, moved back a couple spots in the draft. And uh, it was a fake trade, obviously. Um, and we picked up Stanley Johnson. And because uh, Nick and I both are believers, at least I, I, I still am. But um, we'll have to ask Nick how he feels about Stanley Johnson right now. But uh, he's 22 years old, so he's uh, he's still super young. I know he's getting some solid minutes with the Pistons right now. And if I'm if I'm Detroit, I hold on to him. I don't think they should trade him. Uh, but if they do put him on the block, I would be very interested in 6'8", uh, former lottery pick. Uh, I like him a lot. And, um, I, yes, if I'm a team like Dallas, I would love to try to get my hands on uh, Stanley Johnson. So that's like my Flyers group. That's like, hey, <clears throat> these teams, I could see these teams trading um, or at least entertaining offers on some of these uh, young pieces on their teams for whatever reasons. This next group, this is where people get uh, are, are going to get frustrated with some of these guys. I'm like, nope, don't want him, don't want him. Um, and this is where it gets interesting of how much Dallas wants to win now um, compared to uh, pushing that back a few years. So after uh, the break, let's talk about uh, some of these cap help situations for some other teams, for some veterans. All right, so first, first name. Um, he just had a knee procedure, but when you look at a team like Miami, they they're re- really weird in this stuck. Uh, they're stuck in this spot right now because they have all these like kind of veteran win now players, but they're on these like double digit contracts, and they're not an upper playoff team, but they're not tank worthy. They're in that dreaded middle spot, and <clears throat> which I'm okay with the middle spot when you have young pieces that you want to take the next step. That's why I shouldn't say dreaded, but a lot of people say the middle spot is the worst spot to be in the league. I don't really buy that uh, because I'm, you know I'm not a team tanker when it comes to a lot of that stuff. I think, uh, for instance, like Dallas, there were some people at the beginning of the season saying, hey, they should just tank again and get another and try to get that a top five draft pick because they're not going to win the title and all that stuff. When <clears throat> I think playoff experience for Luka, for Dennis Smith Jr., those guys together, I think it would be huge for the development. So um, anyway, they're in this dread spot because they don't have any Luka or Dennis Smith Jr. type prospects. So it's uh, these veterans, and, and that what is what makes it weird. But when you look at Goran Dragic, like, that is – that's one of those guys to where that is a win-now type of move. You know, if you go for somebody like Goran, like that is – he is 32 years old. He makes $18 million this year, and he has a player option for 19 uh, next year. This is obviously an old teammate of Luca when it comes to Euroball and all that stuff, um, playing overseas, and <clears throat> they've won some stuff together. They're super familiar with each other. Uh, Luca's talked about him. Goran's dra- talked about him. Like uh, they're buddies and all this stuff. So <clears throat> that's a guy to where uh, I think it, he would give you a scoring punch. But it's one of those th- situations to where are you comfortable committing nineteen? He has that player option, committing that nineteen million. Uh, to him for another year when he's 32 years old or do you play the season out see if he opts out and then hey if you want to go that route and entertain it you try to chase him in free agency uh, with the money that you have to say hey let's uh, y'all played off each other before let's um, play to you know see if you can play together 
and and all that stuff. So Drogic is somebody to look out for even past Dallas. I could see uh, I could see Miami trading him, but he just had a knee procedure and all that stuff, so that could throw a lot of things off for him. Um, okay. I just have to mention this name so we can't I don't want anybody to get really upset about this, but Hassan Whiteside, he's 29 years old. Miami's I feel like been trying to trade him forever. I saw I mentioned him because I saw this tweet um, back a couple weeks ago, and uh, I don't even know who tweeted it, but they said they said something along the lines of, "Man, I think Hassan Whiteside would be doing better than DeAndre Jordan right now, uh, defensively." And um, <clears throat> Michael, dang, Mavs fans are still honestly thinking about Hassan Whiteside, and uh, so I just tell you this uh, to. Um, to share with you his contract, there's no there's no options. He's making 24 million right now. He's gonna make 27 next year. It's not an option. It's it's, it's set in stone. So, uh, if there uh, was a scenario in which they're like, hey, he's 29 years old. Some people think uh, Whiteside's like super young, and uh, 29 is not super young in the NBA world. <clears throat> but um, yeah, so keep that in mind if. Um, they view if Dallas ever did view Whiteside as an upgrade, better help to win now, aka we can't, we don't think we'll find anybody else better in the summer. Or there's a lot of uh, uh, roads I could go down with that uh, that sentence. But uh, yes, um, there is a if they do trade for Whiteside, he uh, he is um, set to make 27 million dollars next season. So a lot of people are out on that and uh, completely understand. All right, the next one, Bill Simmons threw this all out, so I'm not going to go down this route too much. But Tim Hardaway Jr., uh, he's 26 years old. He's actually scoring pretty well uh, for uh, New York this this year. And he makes $17 million now. He makes $18 million next year, and then he has a player option the year after that, so two years from now, for $19 million. the Knicks desperately need cap space this summer. They need probably as much as they can possibly get. A lot of people are coming off the books for them. And if they could shed Tim Hardaway Jr., then it gets really interesting with what they can do. Um, maybe past even bringing somebody with Durant. Could they make room for another person? It's just There's a lot of stuff. So anyway, how motivated? <coughs> and it's just like some of these guys uh, that I mentioned on this list. What would it take for the opposing team to like attach with that contract for you to take them. Um, would you only take a Tim Hardaway Jr. if a Frank Nelikina was attached or a first-round pick or something like that? Um, Tim Hardaway, I think, is I'm more of a fan of him. I wouldn't say fan, but I'm more pro Tim Hardaway than Nick is. Uh, I don't think he's as bad as some of the numbers say. In New York, everybody's jacking it up right now. Um, from media people that I've talked to about the Tim Hardaway I don't even say rumor, like the idea that Bill Simmons uh, threw out and a lot of people on Twitter has talked about. Uh, it's been pretty evenly split of media that I've talked to. Some people are totally out on uh, a Tim Hardaway type thing. Uh, some people are like, hey, I think he would play well alongside Luka and shoot the ball well and be another scoring option and stuff like that. So uh, it's pretty evenly split of the people that I've talked to. But anyway, I don't want to spend a lot of time on him because everybody's talking about him and all that. Then you have Otto Porter Jr., Man, um, I think if somebody like Dallas pursued um, Otto Porter, man, it would just be it's that is a purely how do you, how do you view his talent? Because I don't 
when somebody makes that much money, I think you need the immediate production. You take him <clears throat> with the, hey, I want – so okay, so he's 25 years old. He still has development, yes, but he makes 26 this year, 27 next year, and a player option for 28 uh, million the next year and, or the year after that. So that is a ton of cash uh, to go to Otto Porter. Uh, Washington could still be shaking things up. They traded for Trevor Ariza and got rid of Ubre and all that stuff. Um, but uh, how he would fit alongside Luca, I think the fit would be well uh, would would go well alongside Luca. It's just are, are you prepared to pay him that much money? And how high are you on Porter? Some people are super high on Porter and think he can be a solid player in the league. Um, I'm not as high on that, but um, I think he's he falls into the Alan Crabb type of uh, conversation of <clears throat> I think he's an okay player, but his contract makes his expectations so uh, so high that a lot of people view him uh, that he sucks or something like that. And I don't think he doesn't suck. He's not that bad. But um, speaking of Alan Crabb, these <laughs> these next two are, are uh, similar situations. These guys get thrown out in these conversations of teams looking. Uh, to get better and to win now. <clears throat> For instance, you hear somebody like New Orleans chasing a Kent Bazemore uh, or wanting a Kent Bazemore. You saw Kent Bazemore's name thrown to some a team like Houston. Um, some of these teams that want to win now, and these are a couple of those guys where we've we <clears throat> we've become accustomed to Dallas not being in the, those uh, groups of teams. But those are the type of deals that. If Dallas is truly in those win-now modes, do they chase somebody like uh, a Kent Bazemore or an Alan Crabb that has attachments with it? Uh, for instance, so like Kent Bazemore is 29 years old. He's kind of like Whiteside. <clears throat> you might think he's a little younger, but he's not. He's 29 years old. He makes $18 million uh, this year. He has a player option for 19 next year. So it's pretty much guaranteed you're going to take that $19 million next year. So that's a situation to where if Dallas is looking at it and they if they think Kent Bazemore, I'm saying if they think, um, I, however you, you view Kent Bazemore, if they think Kent Bazemore would be an upgrade or what, what could Atlanta attach? If Atlanta called and said, hey, we'll give you Bazemore and Torian Prince or um, you insert a, a piece that would be reasonable for you to take on Bazemore and send us an expiring back. Um, so we wouldn't have to pay Bazemore next year. If that's Atlanta's thinking, would somebody like Dallas um, or another team like New Orleans or somebody jump on that opportunity? A lot of fans are sitting there saying, no, there's no way. And I I, I would probably um, be in your boat too, but it all comes down to is Dallas in one of those groups of teams saying, hey, we want to win now, and how they view Bazemore as like a, a, a wing that could help them uh, – in that situation, Alan Crabb's the same type of thing. He makes nineteen million dollars this year. He has a player option next year for eighteen million, uh, and but he's twenty six years old. He's three years younger. <clears throat> but are you prepared to pay Alan Crabb nineteen this year, and then um, he's probably going to pick up the player option for next season? Are you prepared to pay him eighteen million dollars next year, or what would Brooklyn have to attach to Crabb for you to pay that uh, money to him next season? That's where it gets uh, really <clears throat> interesting. Would Brooklyn have to take on money back from you? Um, would you swap out guaranteed money for next year? Uh, would Alan Crabb be that big of uh, uh, an improvement to your rotation, whether it's a bench unit or trying to put him in the starting unit? 
it all depends on that's why I kind of lump Baysmore and Crab into those categories because <clears throat> I think Brooklyn, uh, Brooklyn more than Atlanta is probably uh, they're going to have a ton of cap space anyway. But if some team co- comes calling and saying, "Hey, we'll take Allen Crab's eighteen million dollars off your book for next year if you attach something uh, reasonable," they might jump on that for even more cap space to hopefully uh, chase uh, even more bigger names. Um, but <clears throat> once again, uh, those are win now type of moves. Uh, trading for a Kent Bazemore or an Allen Crab, um, that might be something more for like a New Orleans that is super struggling uh, for uh, wing depth and stuff like that. Uh, I wouldn't really uh, consider Dallas chasing those type of names, but I'm the purpose of this podcast is throwing names out there that I could see on the trade market uh, before uh, the trade deadline. And that there could be pathways where I'm like, okay, he's a wing and all this different stuff. The last one of this cap help slash veteran slash plug-in type of group is it's a controversial one when it comes to his age and contract that I, uh, this is one of the names I'm so intrigued about and it's Kevin Love, 30 years old. But here's the thing, making 24 million, then he makes 29 million. Then he makes $31 million three years from now. Then he makes $31 million after that. And then he makes $29 million after that. <clears throat> Just signed the big extension for uh, for Cleveland. He's 30. This contract will take him until he's 35. Uh, or at least 34. How he hasn't played for most of the season. I think he's only played like three or four games, something like that. So he's pretty much been out the whole season. If... <clears throat> That is, if if somebody trades him or if somebody trades for him at the deadline, <clears throat> I'm super intrigued if it, you know they're gonna want to know if he's good to go now because if you trade for this type of contract, you want every bit of his um, prime, I guess, uh, as you can uh, possibly get. I think he was uh, severely underrated on these past Cavs teams. I, all the other Cavs got the blame for losses and stuff, but. Um, Anyway, I like a team like Utah chasing after Kevin Love. I that something like that would totally make sense to me. Um, I wouldn't say Denver because they have like Millsap, something like that. Um, I just throw the name out there because this is a former All Star. This is a guy that's won uh, won a championship <clears throat> when he's healthy. Uh, I think he's one of the best uh, power forwards in the league, and he stretches the floor and everything with that. In regards to how Dallas would view him, um, I don't think Dallas would chase him. I, I don't, but just because the money attached is just—I mean, it's just a ton of money uh, there for two years. There, he's thirty years now, thirty years old now. So uh, you're looking at like thirty-three, thirty-four years old, paying him thirty-one million for two years in a row. So uh, I think this type of um, yeah, I how Dallas's system is. Um, put together they want that five man to be a deandre dwight powell type of uh, rim rolling uh, defending uh, play above the rim type of guy so then you look at the four spot and um, i don't know i just i i don't think if i'm dallas i lock myself into a four right now because i think you still need to play around with what how you want to use luca if this is do you want your four to be a stretch four do you want him to be a switchy four 
um, how just what the best lineup uh, looks like alongside Luca because we know everything involves around Luca right now. So I throw Kevin Love's name out there because I think his name will be mentioned a ton before the trade deadline, and uh, I just want you to know uh, his what his numbers look like and how old he is uh, whenever. Uh, his name pops up. <clears throat> Can Cleveland attach anything to his name to make it uh, to make it more enticing? I don't know. <clears throat> I'm going to take one quick break and then come back and mention three big swing names that uh, I could I honestly could see Dallas taking a swing at, uh, whether it's before the trade deadline or this summer. All right, these last three names, and then I'm going to let you go and enjoy uh, Christmas, and then you'll hear from Nick tomorrow talking about the Western Conference, but. Three big names. Uh, I'll start off with Bradley Bill first, just because people talk about him a lot. Uh, if I'm Washington, I do not trade Bradley Bill. I <clears throat> personally, if I'm Washington, I try to salary jump John Wall, try to get something back for him, and um, I try to build around Bradley Bill because I think Bradley Bill is really good. He's 25 years old. He makes 25 million dollars right now, 27 uh, next year, and 28 million. Um, year after that but if they do put Bradley Bill on the trade market I think it'd be really interesting because Dallas doesn't have the assets to compete with somebody like a a lake like a Lakers team or a Boston team but I don't think Bill's the type of player that they're going to use their assets on so therefore if they use all their assets on Anthony Davis or Boston holds them for something else would is Bradley Bill that big of an upgrade over what Boston has now I think I don't know if that's the case. So I think that's that's uh, an avenue. Um, of course, if Lakers strike out with Anthony Davis, they could go after him and get him for sure probably and have more uh, assets in Dallas. But I think his fit alongside Luka would be um, would be great. I mean, just his, um, his size on the wing, his ability to score, um, hit the outside shot, that would, yes. Uh, a player like Bradley Bill's mold is exactly what you would uh, theoretically want alongside Luka. So <clears throat> I throw that out there. There's no options on his deal right now. A pretty favorable deal for the most part. Um, if, if Washington does truly put him on the market, uh, I could see Dallas. He has some injury history in the past for sure. I could see Dallas pursuing it or thinking about it, um, and I could see a lot of other teams too, like Milwaukee and uh, some of these other guys uh, swinging uh, also. So, uh, Bradley Beal's definitely a name I would take uh, a look at. Uh, the other name is Jalen Brown. I'm still a Jalen Brown believer. He's had a funky, weird year in Boston. I'm really intri- intrigued with what they do with him. He's kind of, he's in that same Terry Rozier, Stanley Johnson type of um, he's going young player. Uh, Jalen Brown obviously a higher ceiling, better player, but uh, he's going to be a restricted free agent, and he's 22 years old. Uh, makes five million dollars uh, right now. Um, <clears throat> well, no, 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 no he, I got that wrong. He's going to be a restricted free agent in two years, so he makes five now, six next year, then restricted free agency. Um, man, I, I. I Everything I said about Bradley Bill, I think Jalen Brown would be dang near perfect alongside Luca, and I, I I like him off the court. I like him on the court. Uh, no matter what has happened to him in Boston, I would be a fan of. Um, I do not think Boston trades him before the trade deadline uh, because he's super young and all that stuff. I he would obviously be in these packages for an Anthony Davis type of player or something along those uh, along that route, but. Jalen Brown's definitely a name if I'm Dallas. Um, and he falls into that category of he's uh, he's young enough 
to where you can still grow uh, alongside this timeline with Luca and even Dennis uh, for the uh, for the next you know, future really. But he's good enough now to where you can still be good now. And we saw what he did in the playoffs, dropping 30 in the playoffs and all this stuff. So uh, he's one of those rare cases where he's good to impact and make you good now, but he's still young enough uh, for you to stay on this kind of timeline of growing into the future uh, together. I would love, uh, man, there's there's not many young players outside the stars, outside the stars, obviously. There's not many young players I would love to pair alongside Luka more. Um, that's not on the Mavericks uh, than Jalen Brown. But uh, the last one. You know, guys, if you've been listening to this podcast um, for a long time, you know I've been, I keep on waiting for his breakout time, and I'm a big fan. But I think at some point, Indiana is going to have to figure out what to do with Miles Turner and uh, Demonis Simonis. And Simonis has been killing it. Turner's been killing it as of late. <coughs> Bring the Dallas kid home. Um, I Yeah, well, I'm a big fan. He's 22 years old. Um he just signed this extension uh, for $18 million for the next four years. $18 million flat for the next four years. Uh, he's making $3 million this year, so it doesn't kick in until next year. But uh, I, I'm a big fan of Miles Turner. I think, uh, especially in a Rick Carlisle-type system, pretty much everything I, th- I everything you ask of DeAndre right now, uh, he doesn't have that uh, girth to him uh, to really um, – hold his own time he needed to gain some weight and stuff but he'll be able to hit the outside shot while still holding down the paint and playing defense in the middle and hopefully playing above the rim and all that stuff i would love uh, for dallas to try to pursue miles turner uh, if uh Indi- if i'm in the end i don't let him go because you know i'm a big believer in him i think he's going to be really good so i wouldn't let him go i wouldn't let either one of them go but if they have to pick and they do uh, entertain offers or at least listen to offers for uh, either of the bigs uh, these guys are um, where Miles Turner is definitely a name that I'll um, be monitoring on the trade market and all that stuff. But that's your Eastern Conference. <clears throat> there's obviously other names. There's tons of other names in the Eastern Conference that could be traded. Um, there's These are just names that I could see moved before the deadline in some uh, certain pathways uh, and uh, names that I think uh, could be reasonable fit somewhere. Uh, for Dallas, or at least we could have a conversation with it in person or on the pod and be like, okay, I think I could understand it somehow. Some of, the, some of those names uh, would be more of a stretch. And uh, once again, I, I say that I would not trade for all these guys. Uh, they're, uh, they're definitely names that I mentioned that I would not want really Dallas to pursue. Um, but um, I think this trade down will be, uh, deadline will be fun. Uh, from a lot of different angles because there is so many teams um, clumped together and all these teams trying to figure out who they are. <clears throat> I mean, the Rockets just signed Austin Rivers. So, uh, yeah, that uh, w- what a perfect Rocket. Um, but anyway, it's just um, it'll be fun to monitor over these uh, next month or so, see if Dallas stays put and builds off the chemistry they have. Do they try to go add another piece? Um, like I said, they <clears throat> Dallas has a lot of – um, different options ranging from all these different categories. So I'll be intrigued to see if they stay put and say, hey, we got this young core uh, or uh, 
these guys and we want to build off chemistry and try to do all this stuff. Do they swing for something? Uh, uh, yeah, I'm really intrigued with what happens over the next month or so. But I hope you have a Merry Christmas. This is your Eastern Conference. Uh, kind of, it's not really trade targets, but names to monitor in the Eastern Conference really uh, as the trade deadline uh, comes uh, in early February. Tune in tomorrow. Nick will talk about the Western Conference and maybe some names to watch uh, in the Western Conference. Guys, Merry Christmas. And uh, Nick and I will both be back at you after the Pelicans game uh, the day after Christmas. And uh, yeah, enjoy your time with the family if you are. If you're traveling, safe travels. Peace out. For Nick.